Lots to talk about this morning. Uh, a little better news down there on the border down in Texas, although the challenge does continue down there. The 2018 Farm Bill, we know it's been extended, but we're still waiting information on some programs. We'll talk about that. And the hog herd, while it's not what it used to be in Wisconsin, uh, it's getting more concentrated all the time around the country. We'll talk about that. We've got uh, state news to get into. If uh, you know anything about the cranberry business and looking for a job, pretty good job, well, they got one for you. The Wisconsin State Cranberry Growers having an executive director position. Tom Lochner. I haven't talked to Tom, but uh, evidently Tom is retiring from the uh, cranberry growers in Wisconsin. So, again, they've got a job posting. The opportunities, uh, they're seeking a visionary and inclusive leader who will lead the Wisconsin Cranberry Industry Board and build upon past successes. And uh, it's an exceptional opportunity for a hands-on, highly motivated, and cause-driven professional to work closely with the board and key stakeholders. The executive director will provide guidance and leadership for its members, government affairs programming, risk management, internal farm management education, and community outreach. So again... They are looking for applicants for the uh, job of executive director of the Wisconsin Cranberry Growers Association. We'll tell you more about that. Uh, Salary, well, it could be up to $150,000 based based on all kinds of bonuses and things like that that would be available. So, again, it's uh, headquartered in Wisconsin Rapids. At least that's where the office is, in Wisconsin Rapids, right in the heart of cranberry country. So, again, uh, if uh, that sounds like a job that you would be the right person for, the Wisconsin Cranberry Growers would like to hear from you. Also, we're getting towards the end of the year, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, duh, right? But uh, the folks from the Wisconsin FFA alumni want to let you know that the annual convention is February 2nd and 3rd. That'll be over in Green Bay, but registration is open through December 31st, and, of course, That's on Sunday, so be sure if you're an FFA alumni person or your organization hasn't registered for the convention yet, get it done. Go to all the uh, Wisconsin FFA alumni convention, and they'll direct you to all the sign-ups. So, again, it's uh, coming up. It's the state alumni convention. I'm not sure how many alumni conventions we've had here in Wisconsin, but I know it's been uh, quite a few. So, again, that's coming up as well, and we'll have a whole lot more as we get to the calendar this morning. And uh, we'll also look at other things going on around the state. Well, how about the Corn Promotion Board? Elections are underway there. The Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection has certified three nominees eligible for election of the Corn Promotion Board. So, again, if uh, you're in sections, uh, districts rather, District 3, which is over in the Seymour area, District 5, the uh, nominee is down by Darlington, and uh, District 6, the nominee is from down by Lodi, so not really all that close to our area, but again, if uh, we're touching any of you in District 3, 5, and 6, as far as the Wisconsin Corn Promotion Board, get electing. Need someone to serve on that board. Also, uh, the Ag Enterprise areas. Materials for new or new areas uh, are available now. We'll talk about that as well. So we got a lot to talk about this morning. We'll look at the calendar of events, and uh, we'll get an update on energy. Talk to Isaac Brown from Allied Cooperative, and he works with us every day. We're going to hear from him a little bit later on and what he sees as far as energy prices, where we're going. And again, uh, taking a look at other and horse maintenance. Now, not tractor, but your horse maintenance with Dr. Howard Keetover. So again, what needs to be done to keep the keep those horses all fresh and ready as we get into uh, the winter season, riding, driving. We used to have more fun driving horses uh, in the wintertime through the snow, hook a harness on them and put long lines on them and put a toboggan on them and through the snow we go. It's easy for them to pull and oh, it's fun. So again, uh, hopefully we get some snow though so we can do those sorts of things. So we got lots to do this morning here on the Farm Show. Bob with you, as we said. Jill is uh, taking some time off, but we got lots to share with you today, and uh, we'll get started doing that 
We'll update that weather forecast for you. I think, you know, it's December, end of December, January, but uh, we're still human. We still like it. Nobody likes uh, 30 below zero, and we're a long way from that. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We are going to look at our weather forecast a whole lot more. We're talking about a few calendar items, but uh, hey, this thing is happening today. Farm First Young Cooperative Get-Together. This sounds like a good time. A young cooperator meeting and bowling event today for Farm First Young Cooperators in our area. It is today from 1130 until 3 o'clock. It'll be at the Rustic Lanes in Kadat. And again, it's open to members between the age of 18 and 45. Learn more about the co-op. Learn more about dairy policy and what's going on. And uh, hopefully you RSVP'd to get involved in this. But I'll bet if you showed up, uh, you're a farm-first young cooperator. You can uh, take part in it anyway. There's, like they say, there's always room for one more. But again, farm-first young cooperator meeting and bowling event is today, December 27th, 1130. Get the chores done and then uh, get over to Rustic Lanes in Kadat for a meeting and a lot of fun. 1130 until 3. So I would imagine the meeting will take less time than the bowling so again have some fun it's uh it's always a good time to go bowling in fact i've got a bowl tonight in my league i always enjoy that up in chippewa falls shouldn't have any problem getting to the alleys because today we're going to have clearing by this afternoon these clouds are hanging around this morning but uh, they're going to blow out by this afternoon so we should have uh, some sunshine this afternoon or later on this morning, depending on how fast the clouds move out. 38 degrees the high today, down to only 30 overnight. And uh, tomorrow, 39, partly cloudy. Friday should be a beauty of a day. Friday, 42 and mostly sunny. And not bad over the weekend when you think it's New Year's. Saturday, 35, partly cloudy. New Year's Eve on Sunday, 30. There is a chance of some precipitation, so be careful, but I don't think it's going to be uh, anything that'll stop us from getting to that New Year's Eve party. And then on Monday, New Year's Day, partly cloudy, high of 32. And boy, how many times have we said the temperature will be, with the wind chill, it'll be 32 below. But not this year. New Year's Day, partly cloudy and 32 degrees. It should be a nice one. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, you heard that story on the news about that storm out to the west of us. Man, I was watching national weather and I thought, oh no, they're changing the forecast. We're going to get hammered. But evidently it's not coming our way. We'll check with Mike Dandry and see what the deal is, what's blocking that. But yeah, if you are going out west, be very, very careful because they do have some challenging weather to say the least as far as the driving is concerned but evidently not going to happen around here in fact it's going to start clearing out this morning this afternoon we should be seeing uh, some sunshine and 38 for the high tomorrow 39 just partly cloudy friday should be a dandy mostly sunny and 42 saturday partly cloudy 35 new year's eve there's a chance of precipitation temperature is going to be about 30, so just be careful. Monday, New Year's Day, partly cloudy and 32 for the Badgers to play LSU, and hopefully the Badgers will uh, do a good job against LSU with all the guys that transferred out. Uh, Who knows who's on the roster? It's one of those things where you can't tell the players without a scorecard, so keep an eye on that. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost six minutes after five o'clock on a Wednesday morning at Wax. Glad to have you along. Hopefully we help you get through the chores. Let's look at the markets. They all reopened following Christmas. They reopened yesterday. Choice-fed beef steers and heifers 160 to 173. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers 134 to 170. Choice fed Holstein steers 145 to 154. Cows 70 to 84. The top at 120. Bulls 88 to 111. And in the um, no market report on the hogs that I've seen yet this week, looking at the sheep and lamb trade, new crop market lambs 174 to 193. No quote on feeder lambs. And taking a look at the rest of the markets, ewes 85 to 97.5. Small goats 25 to 260. Medium goats 105 to 320. Large goats 240 to 440. And the nanny goats 55 to 375. That uh, sheep and goat trade over at Zombroda. 
And taking a look at uh, the markets, futures, livestock, yesterday, higher for cattle, lower for hogs. February live cattle, 170.40, that's up $1.87. April live cattle, 173.45, up 132. And the June contract, $171.100, even, that's up 87. Feeder cattle for January, 223.55, up 80. March, 224.57, up 17. April feeder cattle closed at 230.07, that's up 55. May at 235 even, that's up $1.05. And August feeder cattle, 249.50, up 187. Hogs down across the board, February down 205 at 69.30. April hogs, 76.07, down a buck and a half. May at 82.80, down 115. And uh, June at 91.37, that was down 92. Board of Trade was higher yesterday. The decision to reopen those rail lines in and out of Mexico was uh, very bullish for the markets, but overnight uh, that didn't hold. March corn down a penny overnight at 4.79. The oats one to two cents higher at 3.70, but the uh, March wheat was down six at 6.30. March soybeans down two at 13.17, and meal down a dollar thirty at 3.94.60. Barrel cheese up three and a quarter at 142 and a half. The blocks unchanged 139. Butter up a quarter of a cent at 254 and a quarter. December class three up a penny at sixteen ten. January up eleven, but still only at fifteen fifty four. February class three up thirteen at fifteen seventy three. March up nine at sixteen thirty six, and April up a penny at seventeen twenty two. Prices were mixed out through the rest of summer and into the fall. It's the end of the year. What about energy prices? What a year it's been, up and down and all around. Isaac. Brown joins us now. Isaac, of course, certified energy specialist with Allied Cooperative. And uh, Isaac, boy, it was a volatile year. How how tough was it to figure out where these markets are going and where they've been and everything else? Yeah, Bob, um, basically what we saw was kind of a roller coaster this year. You know, this spring, it started off kind of unexpected uh, when prices dropped, you know, into uh, May, June, and July. And then uh, leading up to harvest in October, we saw new highs set for the year. And, uh, you know, now it's kind of softening back down again. And we're watching uh, futures markets rather closely as uh, guys prepare to um, get next year's inputs put in place. Now, we look at it, I follow these markets, and I look at February crude, $73 approximately. As we look at these conditions and try and contract in the future, what are some of the things you expect will be factors in whether or not and when we should pull the trigger on contracting all that fuel? Really, when you look at futures uh, in a normal market, they're always going to be higher than the current market. We say it's reversed if we see them in the opposite direction, and that would imply that markets are going to go down. So really right now, you know, you're mitigating risk by booking out into the future and, um, you know, we're, we're seeing right now is a decent buying opportunity if you need to fill your tank up before the end of the year. But, you know, some of the, the biggest factors that we're seeing right now are headlines out of the Middle East, uh, OPEC, uh, the Red Sea, the uh, Strait of uh, the Suez Canal, I should say, and, uh, you know, some of the some of the oil tankers needing to be rerouted and, and different things like that. Obviously, U.S. drilling, we see that our oil rigs, are at um, a bit of a low right now, but production capacity is way up. We saw records last week in oil production here in the United States, making us the world's largest exporter of crude oil. Uh, Some would say, you know, this is good and bad, but right now we're actually pumping oil more efficiently than we ever have in history. Um, You know, this coupled with interest rates potentially dropping, the Fed is kind of mentioned, you know, now that the economic outlook is a little more positive, that they may start dropping interest rates. We could see more economic activity and watch those prices increase in the next year. Also, there is the other side of the coin where we see a more negative outlook in the uh, economic data, and that would probably lead to things softening a bit yet. You know, most most guys book their inputs between now and uh, the end of February, at least when it comes to diesel fuel for their farm or their you know, construction operation, whatever it might be. And, uh, 
we're we're fairly close to what we feel is is a bottom right now. You know, um, a lot of guys are starting to book, um, get things prepaid and and whatnot. But really, all eyes are kind of on the uncertainty. You know, with the Suez Canal, and uh, now that things are kind of rerouted, market seems to be taking that well. More supply, coupled with less demand here in the winter, we're we're seeing those prices soften a little bit. Isaac, what do you hear, as you mentioned, these prices start to soften, the supply goes up, all of a sudden Saudi Arabia and uh, the oil emirates and all the Middle East, they say, oh, we're going to cut production and all bets are off. Do you see that in your crystal ball? So, I mean, we've been seeing this happening the whole way crude has come down. So crude got under $70 a barrel there. And then you see OPEC got a reactionary headline where they say they're going to meet and cut production. Well, countries like Angola and a few others uh, have actually decided to leave OPEC recently because they can't afford to do these production cuts anymore. Their, their nation's economies and whatnot uh, can't, can't afford to not export more crude oil. So we've kind of seen that that OPEC plus group doesn't really have the control over the market that they they had in the past. So you'll see these little blips where prices go up for maybe 15, 20 cents when we look at it on diesel fuel or a dollar or two on crude. But those aren't the times to buy. I mean, right now we're watching a general uh, demand uh, and supply that's kind of trending down. So we're, we're hoping here in January we should see a pretty good buying opportunity for people to lock in their inputs. Now is the time. Pull the trigger. Yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, obviously, if you need to get something prepaid before the end of the year, it's it's arguably the best pricing we've seen in uh, in about four months. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's looking like there's definitely a chance here that if you need to budget and, um, you know, plan for next year, it, it'd be the time to reach out to your energy specialist like myself. There you go. He does it every day, works with these energy markets. Isaac Brown, Certified Energy Specialist with Allied Cooperative. Isaac, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year to you too, Bob. Thank you much. All right, there's Isaac Brown again. Did you know that we are the largest exporter of crude oil in the world, and yet Saudi Arabia and those other countries control our prices? Been that way for a long time. That's just not a, a new phenomenon. It's been something we've dealt with for a long, long time. But uh, Isaac Brown, interesting conversation. I wrote about it. I always look, as I told you before, I always look at the crude oil prices. Yesterday, February crude oil did go up $1.96 a barrel, sitting at $75.52. $75.52 a barrel right now is what we're looking at for crude oil prices. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And what's going on, courtesy of uh, Chile Implement in Chile? We've looked at uh, a lot of things, but more of our farm news this morning as we continue to roll along at 17 minutes after 5. And the crisis is over, at least for now, because it's never over down on the southern border. That uh, regarding the railroad border crossings that began last Monday in El Paso and Eagle Pass, Texas, those rail crossings were closed because so many illegal immigrants were jumping on freight trains heading north from Mexico to the U.S. trying to elude customs officers in their attempts to get into this country. But at the end of last week, Customs and Border Patrol agents reopened those crossings after a lot of pressure from uh, especially Midwestern congressmen and senators who uh, obviously claiming hardship for farmers because of those crops and those products don't get through to Mexico. We lose a lot of sales and a lot of money. Those crossings are used to ship about 25% of our corn exports into Mexico, as well as wheat, soybean meal, pork, barley, many other agricultural products. And also, those crossings bring in Mexican fresh fruits and vegetables into our country. Well, we know the 2018 Farm Bill has been extended through 2024, but farmers are still waiting for details on some programs, one being the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. So far, there's been no announcement from Farm Service Agency officials about an enrollment period for 2024, but with current milk prices and expectations for soft markets to continue into 2024, 
program has made up for the lack of dollars in the milk check through the first 10 months of this year. DMC payments over $1.27 billion, averaging almost $75,000 per dairy operation. About 75% of U.S. dairy signed up for DMC in 2023. Officials say the holdup is knowing how much money will be devoted to DMC next year. And so, uh, again, we'll keep an eye out on that as soon as we uh, hear of any changes. Uh, You know, funding hasn't changed a whole lot when they did extend the farm bill through 2024. So I would expect it would be about the same, but uh, that's what we expect. But we don't know. And when we do know, we will pass that information along to you as soon as the folks at the Farm Service Agency offices let us know what their budgets are for DMC for next year, but uh, certainly one that has kept a lot of dairy farmers above water. $1.27 billion through the first 10 months. That's uh, that's a lot of money. Program, does it work? Yeah, it does. Could it be better? Couldn't every program be better? All right, coming up, what about, uh, what about your horses? A lot of horses in Wisconsin. And we'll hear about uh, keeping your horse healthy and safe through the winter months. We'll get that information. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Rain, sleep, snow, mud, and ice can be a mess. It's not easy taking care of animals outside in the cold, especially here in Wisconsin during winter. Some horses do well on their own with a little extra hair, food, or shelter, while others may not. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and Dr. Howard Ketover, veterinarian at Iron Gate Equine Clinic, says there's several things to take into consideration when it comes to caring for your horses in the winter, even giving them toys so they don't get bored. One of the most important things that we need to do is, is start with that holistic approach and look at everything we do in the management side of things. Uh, oftentimes, we actually run into more problems earlier on in the winter when people don't remember to put heaters into their waters to offer a, a better temperature water, I think is the most common time we'll start to see problems. So I think once we get into the deeper part of winter, uh, a lot of people are prepared and ready to, to manage their horses pretty effectively. Big thing is having some sort of, of water uh, access to clean, uh, fresh, warmed water. Uh, most horses are going to drink best when that water temperature is between 85 and 65 degrees. So as long as we have some sort of heated uh, source of water form, really critical and important. We know water consumption goes down dramatically and we can run into some of those other medical problems when we miss that. The next thing is providing enough access to hay forage uh, for them. Uh, sometimes people say, oh, it's cold out, I'm going to add more grain. In reality, what we want to do is add more hay because the, the horse is eating that hay, the, the microbes in the horse's gut will actually digest that forage and make heat from fermentation and that's the best way to keep them warm. So having constant access to a good quality forage, access to water, and then trying to create some way to get them out of the weather. Uh, get giving them a windbreak, getting them into a barn, getting them into a three-sided shed, doing something for them to, to be able to get out of those elements and stay dry. And then the last thing is probably thinking about the footing. Uh, you know, lately in Wisconsin, we've had less good snow and we've had a lot more freezing rain and ice problems. Uh, and we've been seeing more and more issues with uh, horses having trouble with the footing that they're out on. Unable to, to stand up, getting down, problems like that, where we sometimes then have to come in and provide more technical support in lifting or moving a, a down horse uh, just because the footing's not very good. How does cold weather impact a horse's hoof care routine? Are there any additional measures that owners should take or be aware of? We definitely see up here in the upper Midwest that it seems like the hoof grows slower uh, in the wintertime. Uh, so maybe we can stretch out some of that shoeing or trimming interval. But I think it's important to still stick with that. Uh, and then I also think I, I see a lot of times we'll see people say, well, I'm going to go ahead and take my horse out of shoes in the winter and let the foot rest. I think that's an important thing to be thinking about. But also, we don't want to take those horses out of shoes just as the ground freezes because they're going to be pretty painful and going to be pretty sore. So making sure your farrier knows that that's going to happen and understand that they're going to make that transition so they can 
plan accordingly with you. I think the other thing we need to be thinking about is, especially as we get later into our year and we start to see some more of that intermittent snowing, we'll see some more problems with snowball production where that snow will just build up in the bottom of the shoe or the bottom of the, the foot and can make it more like a, a round ball. So understanding that that can happen, again, with our farriers, they can come in and manage that with different types of snow pads to help pop that, that snow out of there and keep that from happening in the shod horse. And then there's lots of techniques out there for unshod horses, sometimes just getting them off that ground and shipping that out. Uh, I've seen some people use different cooking sprays or other things to sort of lubricate the bottom of the foot and keep it from happening quite as much. Uh, but just understanding that that can happen and paying attention and, and being able to get out there and get that snowball out of there before we run into a musculoskeletal problem, a joint issue or something like that, a little higher up in the limb sometimes if they're running around with those in there. They will fix themselves, pop out, but you know sometimes we can come in and help that out as well. Do the nutrient requirements change or how should they change? You mentioned having more hay, but what are some of your tips maybe to adjust the feed at all during the winter months? The big thing is that quality forage. We really need to make sure they have access. Most horses are going to be somewhere between one and a half and two and a half percent body weight. Uh, so if we figure an average horse is about a thousand pounds, we would want to make sure that they have somewhere between 15 and 25 pounds of hay uh, available to them throughout the day. Uh, we don't want it all at once. Uh, we know horses do much better having many small meals than one large one or two large ones. Uh, so if we can spread that out, the health of the horse, the health of the GI tract of the horse is going to be a whole lot better for us. Beyond that, again, that clean, fresh water is important to us. It's not uncommon that we'll see people add in some grain as just another source of energy or a fat source. Sometimes we'll use something like a rice bran or an oil or, or some other products out there that are commercially available. And then we'll see a lot of people add in just salt. And you can use table salt or a, an agricultural salt, sometimes an ounce a day, just to help drive those thirst centers and make sure they're drinking. Beyond that, nutritionally speaking, there really isn't a whole lot different. And I think more commonly not, we probably have more trouble with our horses and sometimes our clients maybe overfeeding. And we sometimes end up with horses coming out of the winter being a little heavier than we'd like them to and getting into the spring and then running into problems there. So managing them accordingly and not, not overfeeding is important too. It's really important to keep horses entertained and exercise. But if I don't have an indoor arena to be able to use during the winter, what are some other ways I can keep my horse entertained so it doesn't get bored? The boredom side of things can become a problem for us in that sometimes we'll start to see some destructive behaviors and, and just sometimes some mischief just because they are boarding and getting into things that they wouldn't otherwise get into, testing the fences, testing the gates and things like that. So I think it is important to, to go ahead and, and provide those things, not just during the winter, but year round even for them. Uh, and the nice thing, again, most horses are going to eat about 18 hours a day. So if we can give them small frequent meals, great. We'll just go ahead and entertain them with food. Uh, there are different commercially available products out there that you can do feeding treats and other things or feeding products inside of them is one way. Uh, some people will go come in and use uh, slow feeder nets or slow feeding devices. So it just forces the horse to focus on that nutrition longer throughout the day uh, and gives them not only for the GI health, but also for some of that mental stimulation. We'll see a lot of people use the jolly ball, just sort of a ball or something for the animal to play with uh, while they're in their, their area and move around. Some horses love them and will kick them around and use them and throw them around with their mouth and others never touch it. So just understanding your horse and seeing what they need to do. And then certainly as much exercise as we can get and getting out and doing things and even just spending time with them. Go out and groom, go out and spend time with your horse. Even though it's miserable and it's cold, they'll enjoy it. It's good for us as well. What are some of the common health issues or ailments that horses can face during the winter? Collie poses a larger risk in the winter especially, but what else should they be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. Mention that colic and then it's really being driven by the decreased water consumption that leads to more of an impaction or dried out feces in, in the horse for us. So maintaining that's probably the, the first and foremost. Uh, another common one that we're going to probably most common we're going to see is, is going back to that footing. Uh, our aged population of horses, we're seeing more and more of our horses getting to, to later stages in their life and potentially having some more arthritic or musculoskeletal problems that doesn't allow them to get up and down quite as easily. So going back to that quality footing uh, and hopefully we can avoid some of those technical rescue type of situations where we need to move horses. Uh, the next one that we're going to try to probably see most commonly is going to be respiratory. Uh, and not because it's cold outside, it's because we as people are making choices that maybe aren't as good for them. We'll lock them into the barn. We'll go ahead and maybe this year or last year we didn't get as quite a quality hay, so there's more dust or potentially some mold uh, in that hay that is going to cause some respiratory issues 
use for them. So that access to good ventilation, quality ventilation, making sure we're keeping the, the stalls, if we are using stalls or a barn, keeping it clean and dry uh, and not running into some of those other irritants that we can get out there. There's always the, the risks that we have from just transporting horses and moving horses around, some of our viruses and bacterial problems, but that really doesn't go up significantly in the wintertime, other than, again, if we're keeping horses locked into a barn and not allowing them to get out uh, and have some of that fresh air. If our ventilation quality is poor, that can come into play, but that's really not a change. And again, that's Dr. Howard Keto, a veterinarian at uh, Iron Gate Equine Clinic. Some basically common sense things to think about as you take care of your horses and other animals. Obviously, water, ventilation, good housing, protection from the wind and sleet and snow and all that sort of stuff. They're tough, but, uh, you know, there is a limit. 5.30 in the morning. How about we find out what the markets are doing so far this week as... Uh, We've had a day of trade now. Let's find out. Rocky's next from over at Premier Livestock. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's go to Premier Livestock in with you. Rocky Olson is up and at him and with us this morning. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. Well, how do you look at this weather? One day closer to spring, so uh, it makes it easier to go look at cattle on the farms? No, I think... Uh... I think I wished it was a little froze up and about 30 degrees. Yeah, and a little well, snow. I guess it is 30 degrees this yeah. morning, but it's not froze up. No, but uh, we need some snow on the ground in Wisconsin. But uh, Mother Nature, we can't second-guess Mother Nature because she's always going to be right. or She's going to yep. have the last word, that's for sure. Well, what was the word at the sale barn yesterday? How'd they go to reopen the markets? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's auction shaped up. Uh, fed cattle sold stronger. <clears throat> Matter of fact, all classes were stronger yesterday. Uh, high choice and prime Holstein fed steers, 145 to 159. Selects 134 to 144. Uh, your choice beef steer, <clears throat> steers and heifers. Sold up to a dollar seventy. Uh, market cows sold stronger. High yielding cows from ninety two to a dollar twelve. Uh, mini cows seventy five to ninety one. Market bulls high yielding from ninety to a dollar ten. Organic market cows also sold stronger. Sold every Monday and Tuesday. Most of the cows traded from one thirty to one seventy two. Uh, lower yielding lightweights one twenty nine and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves mostly two hundred to four hundred. Your beef cross calves mostly three fifty to 610 Holstein heifer calves 100 and down. Today, Wednesday, we get our hay auction at 9.30. Excellent selection, all qualities of hay and bedding. And then 11 o'clock a.m., we got a big dairy cattle auction. We get over 100 fresh young parlor freestall cows, uh, many of those coming from some of our very best consigners. Uh, when we get done with the cows, uh, it, normally it's on a Tuesday. With the holiday, we switched it to Wednesday. We're having our monthly special heifer auction today. Uh, we're expecting over 300 head of dairy heifers, spring and heifers, shortbreads, and lots of open heifers. Uh, full list of early consignments at Premier Livestock and Auctions. Dot com. Uh, questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. Uh, so, like I said, that's the way the week opened and definitely a little stronger tone this week. So, All right. Hey, and again, New Year's Day, what's going on? I know no sale, but it's, is somebody going to be there later on, or what's your schedule yeah. over there? They'll be, we'll be open at 2 o'clock to start receiving cattle. Uh, Tuesday, then, we do have our uh, special... Feed, or special feeder cattle auction also so 2, two to 10 p.m we'd assume just assume get that livestock in there is somebody at the barn all night though so, so somebody will be there on monday at two o'clock you betcha all right hey we'll talk to you in the morning rocky have a good one hey, have a great day there he goes that's rocky olson over there at premier livestock in the withy area right along highway 73 if you haven't seen that over there you get on 73 south of 29 and you will find it well, let's find out what the weather is going to be. Go over to 13 First Alert Weather. Mike Dandry is with us in the weather room. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Robert. Question for you. I watched uh, some national news, or weather rather, I don't know what it was. Uh-huh. And uh, all of a sudden, my uh, ears perked up and they started talking about this uh, storm and nasty weather not far from us to the west. 
And we're not, what's, <laughs> what's going on? We don't, we're not getting a bit of that. No. So remember all the rain that we got on uh, Christmas yeah. weekend? Yeah. Well, off towards the west into the southwest, there were some really heavy rates of snowfall. There were blizzard warnings all over Nebraska and a good portion of South Dakota. And then in my old neck of the woods, good old Bismarck, there was uh, quite the ice storm. And people are literally using the streets as like ice skating rinks. That's how thick wow. that ice uh, glazed over all the surfaces. It's, it's uh, unusual. We don't get some of that. Yeah, all we got was rain, and then we just dried out. It's just kind yeah. of been gloomy, but nothing that you would expect for Christmas. I mean, you know you know as well as I do what we typically get for Christmas, and it's mm-hmm. cold. It, we generally have snow on the ground. Not anything like that this year, though. Boy, and usually when we get to New Year's Eve, it's, well, button down New Year's Eve, it's going to be about, <laughs> by the time your party gets over at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, it's going to be a wind chill of 25 below, but nothing like that. Nothing like it. And leading up to it, I mean, for today, our streak of 50-degree weather comes to an end, but it's still going to be well above average by almost 15 degrees as we top out in the upper 30s. We'll have some partial sunshine making a return in a very light wind, but tonight may have enough rapid around moisture from the same system that's been hanging around may spark just a rain and snow shower tonight but as far as accumulations are concerned likely amounting to none uh, being that it would be mixed in with some rain looking ahead to tomorrow morning some of that may hang around but then more cloud cover hangs out through the afternoon topping out near 40 again Friday brings the return of sunshine right around 40 and then we have another cool down heading our way into New Year's weekend but still only in the low 30s by Saturday Sunday right around 30 degrees as we'll have some cloud cover making a return. And New Year's Day itself, sunshine, low 30s, then warming back up to the mid-30s by Tuesday. Cloud covers hanging around right now and a temperature of 31 degrees in Eau Claire. So very warm start, even though it's a little cooler than the last couple of days. Man, there aren't many times. When's the last time you used the term wind chill? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I could say about that. So what uh, what's New Year's going to be like in beautiful downtown Bismarck? Ah, uh, well, New Year's in Bismarck looks to be a little colder than here. It so. does, huh? Yes, it always does, doesn't it? <laughs> and always windy too. That's <laughs> all well, that is for sure. <laughs> all right, Michael, thank you, appreciate it. Have a great day. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry over there in the thirteen first alert weather room. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. And we've got markets to get to. Of course, the sale barns reopened. You just heard Rocky a little bit ago, and we'll hear from more of the guys at the sale barns as we go along this morning. But we want to check in and find out what's going on with some of our local news. And that means Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. Good Morgan. Good Morgan, Morgan. Pretend we're in Germany. Good morning, Morgan. What's going on in the news? Well, good morning. We begin with headlines that take us to the court. A western Wisconsin sex offender will not go to trial. Stephen Jenkins, who lives in Trempeleau, pleaded guilty to child pornography charges, but a federal judge this week found him unfit for trial. That means he won't face any new punishment. Instead, the court will monitor his status. Prosecutors, though, could file charges again. Jenkins has two sex crime convictions on his record, both from 2005 and 2006 in Utah. In other headlines, a 17-year-old is in custody after police say they started a fire at a Walmart in Sparta. You may have seen the video with our partners WEAU 13 News on TV. Video shows a stream of flames shooting up into the ceiling. This is from the store's fabric section yesterday. The fire sign customers running out of the store did about $7 million in damage. Now Sparta police not yet naming the 17-year-old, but saying that they are being held in the Monroe County Jail on arson charges. No one hurt in the fire. No one guessing when the Walmart in Sparta may reopen. In other headlines on the political stage, we reflect on 2023 and Governor Evers ends with a victory lap, releasing a list of everything he says he's accomplished this year during his time in office and delivered for public schools and taxpayers across the state. The uh, near record $7 billion budget surplus and a home run for the deal that keeps the brewers in Milwaukee. As you might imagine, as is the nature with politics, not everyone agrees. As we show you different sides so you can decide, Republican lawmakers say they're the ones who should get credit for the state's financial success and that the governor is standing in the way of giving that budget surplus back to the people. And speaking of victory laps, would you call 2023 a win? We're coming into the last of 2023, of course, and as we flip the calendar page, what are your goals? Turns out you might want to keep that plate of cookies handy. Might not be diet this year. According to a survey conducted by Stop and Shop, Healthy Living Director Allison Delaney says 39% of respondents want to reduce stress in 2024.
2024, while only 27% say they want to head back to the gym. For research and other, other studies conducted, this is the first time I've really seen a shift towards um, more mental health. The number one resolution is eating healthy, with 58% of people saying they plan to change what's on their plates, even though 51% of respondents say they plan to ring in the new year with champagne. 46% say they plan on taking part in dry January. I'm Natalie Migliori, NBC News Radio. And as we creep up on that new year, we have our same old friend in the barn, Bob Bolsold, leads us the way through the chores today with your Midwest Farm Report on Wax. 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. In the newsroom this morning, Morgan McCarthy with our news. And uh, I already changed my diet a little bit. I eat all the same things, but just uh, in moderation, basically, not uh, not the second and third and even fourth helping sometimes because, oh, some of that stuff is good. That's for sure. 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. We've got some markets we'll get to, and uh, we'll take a look at uh, what's going on with the cattle markets. Um, not necessarily hog. We don't have many hog markets like we used to. We don't have hogs around our part of the country like we used to, but we still got them around the country. The hog herd in the U.S. remains about the same size as of the 1st of December. There were 75 million head of hogs across the country. That's up just slightly from a year ago. Now, the latest count shows farmers have 6 million head for breeding and another 69 million head as market hogs. In Wisconsin, there were 360,000 hogs on farms on the 1st of December. That's up 4% from a year ago, 47,000 head of breeding animals, 313,000 head for the market. But again, 75 million across the nation, 360,000 in Wisconsin, just across the border, Iowa, the leading hog state. How many hogs do you think they've got? They've got one-third of the herd, 25 million head of hogs in Iowa. Well, the U.S. hog industry has gotten some good news from the Philippines because of their struggle to rebuild their swine herd in the Philippines after a battle with African swine fever. Philippine officials now say they are going to extend reduced tariffs on imported pork because they haven't recovered completely from African swine fever. Now, those reductions were supposed, in those tariffs were supposed to end December 31st, but they will now be extended through the end of 2024, and those things amounted to about oh, 10 to 15%. And so that's a lot of money that uh, isn't going for tariffs and is going for the market. So uh, helping producers get more for their animal. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes before 6 o'clock here at Wax, and we've got markets to get to. We'll get to some of the sale barns, but again, a few things uh, on the calendar that I want you to be aware of. First of all, if you're a member of Farm First Dairy Cooperative, there's a young cooperator meeting in our area today. Sounds like a fun one, too. They're going to have a young cooperator meeting and a bowling event, and that is today. Starts at 11.30 this morning, so get the chores done. That's Farm First Dairy Cooperative, young cooperator meeting and bowling event. Starts at 11.30 this morning, and it'll be at the Rustic Lanes in Kadat. So, again, it should be an awful lot of fun. Hopefully you RSVP'd for that, but if you didn't and you're a member of the co-op, a young cooperator between uh, 18 and 45, stop in. At least uh, have some fun. I'll bet they'll find an empty alley for you. But again, that's today at Rustic Lanes in Kadat. Sounds like a lot of fun. Good end-of-the-year event, that's for sure. Speaking about the end of the year, get it done before the end of the year. That is your registration for the upcoming Wisconsin FFA Alumni Convention. It's the Wisconsin FFA Alumni and Supporters Convention. That'll be held February 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency and the uh, KI Convention Center, that's in Green Bay, but registration is open through December 31st, so be sure to get registered on time. You can go to the uh, the website of the alumni organization and get yourself all registered for that. And uh, two different registration options, one for all those who served as a past state FFA officer, past state alumni council in either section 6, 8, or 9, entitled Past Leaders Registration, and all others should use the general registration option. So again, get registered for the Wisconsin FFA Alumni Convention in Green Bay, February 2nd and 3rd. Registration deadline is this Sunday, December 31st. Also in Wisconsin, 
agricultural enterprise areas. They provide tools to support farmland protection, conservation, and the local farm economy. Landowners, this is a group of landowners, contiguous landowners, and we've got a bunch of them around the state and a bunch of them in our area. Landowners in an AEA can participate in the Farmland Preservation Program through a voluntary 10-year farmland preservation agreement. A minimum of five landowners and their local governments must file a petition jointly, and a petition may take months to prepare. That's what I'm telling you now, because you got to gather all the information, engage local landowners, and uh, make sure this will work in your area. As we said, it's working in a lot of areas right now, and many around our area. We've got to get the list, and uh, so maybe you can, if you're looking to do this, contact some of those local people that are already in an AEA around your area. But again, it takes time to do this, and you have until August 2nd of 2024. So you still got eight months to get this done, or seven months, really, to get this done. But uh, it takes that much time to have meetings, get together, make sure everybody's on the same page. But uh, AEAs, Agricultural Enterprise Area, to preserve that farmland, make sure you wake up one morning and it's... Uh, not going to be a bunch of condos or whatever the case may be, or a strip mall or a shopping center or something like that. So, again, DATCAP down at the Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection, they can help you with that. Or if you know some farmers that are in an AEA around your area, ask them how they put it together and, and find out because uh, they're, they're good programs, no question about it. And you get farmland preservation credits as well. All right, we've got... Uh, Get you more information here, as we always do in the morning on the farm show. Let's get over to the markets. How about going to Altoona and find out what happened yesterday? Here's Jim Lindsay to tell us. Choice beef steers Neffers dollar forty five to a dollar sixty. Choice dairy cross steers Neffers dollar forty five to a dollar fifty nine. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar fifty one to a dollar fifty five at a top of dollar fifty eight. Choice Holstein steers dollar forty four to a dollar fifty. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers Neffers dollar forty three and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from ninety four to a dollar five at a top of a dollar seven. Sixty percent of the cows sold from seventy three to ninety three. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from 72 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.20 to $1.40. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.19 and down. Cow bulls sold from 80 to $1. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $250 to $380 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $250 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $300 to $600 per head. Our next slaughter and calf sale will be Thursday, December 28th. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, January 5th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA, or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if you want to get moon this morning... Talk to Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford uh, sale barn because he's mooning us this morning. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning to you, Bob. You better clarify that. All right. He's looking at the beautiful moon in the sky. How's that? Yeah, thank you. All right. What is I haven't looked. I haven't looked at it yet. As soon as I get off the air, I'm going to go out and look. What is it? What did you say it was? Kind of kind of in the northwest sky. It's. Uh, I, I'm looking out the window here. It's just big and bright here. And so the, some of the clouds must have... Uh, gone away last night, but, you know, I, last yesterday it was so doggone cloudy most of the yeah. day, I thought, oh, man, we're not going to be able to see this. But this is the big, uh, I was reading something, they got uh, acronyms for everything now, but I think it's, they said it's a cold moon, but uh, that'd be a, a little bit off this year, because it's not what you call cold. No, that is for sure, but uh, we'll get out and look at it. So, uh, the cold moon is shining bright, and so is the star of Jerry Fitzgerald as he takes over and tells us what happened at Stratford yesterday. Oh, my, what an introduction that is. Bob, thank you, and appreciate that, but thanks again, and very good morning to everyone, and we're back uh, selling livestock here after the Christmas holiday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the market from yesterday. Uh, come market a little bit stronger yesterday on the, now these are conventional market cows here, high-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows in yesterday's auction. Uh, we're selling mostly from uh, 87 up to a top of 104 and a half. Most of the cows that we sold yesterday sold between 63 and 87. Thinner cows like carcass cows, those are $60 and below. On the bull trade yesterday, better quality bulls are selling mostly from uh, 88 to 107. Lighter weight bulls, 85 and below. 
On the calf market yesterday, a good quality replacement Holstein bull calves weighing 92, 130 pounds are selling from 175 to 375 with a top at 390 on the, on the bull calves, Holstein bull calves. Heifer calves, uh, fairly limited demand yesterday, 80 and below. Uh, beef calves continue to be in good demand, 300 to 600. We did top at 610 on yesterday's sale. Our auction this morning will get underway around 10 o'clock this morning, and uh, full marketing day, of course, here in Stratford today. We will sell all those market cows again. Uh, we will have uh, most of our fed cattle will be sold this morning also, so we'll have an update on those tomorrow morning. And also sheep, hog, and goats today, and, of course, we also will be selling baby calves today. That will be uh, this afternoon after the feeder cattle sale. And the feeder cattle sale will be starting at 1230 this afternoon. And our auction tomorrow does start at 11. Uh, full marketing day tomorrow, of course, market cattle and baby calves. And also just a uh, uh, marketing note, uh, next uh, Monday, January 1st, uh, equity will, we will not be having a sale. However, our yards will be open from 4 to 8 next Monday afternoon to, uh, for you folks to deliver your livestock for the Tuesday sale. So anyway, I uh, also want to mention to say uh, next uh, uh, special feeder cattle sale will be uh, Wednesday, January 3rd. We do have a complete beef herd dispersal for that sale. So information on our website if you folks are interested in that, uh, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and you will be there. So, Bob, that kind of brings us up to speed here on uh, yeah, Wednesday morning already. It's kind of a... Uh, kind of get my days mixed up here, but it is Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday all day long, and I'm glad to hear that uh, you'll be open from 4 to 8, so you figure your headache will be gone by that time, so you'll be able to get over there and get everything squared away. <laughs> well, we don't worry about that <laughs> at my age. <laughs> yeah, me, me either, that is for sure. Hey, you have a good one, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. You bet, Bob. Enjoy the day. Thank you. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the folks over at Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland, the good folks over there, bringing us the markets. For the trade, yesterday was higher corn on the day trade, up 7, beans up 12, wheat was up 19, but uh, some give back overnight. Markets were higher yesterday in response to reopening those rail lines in Mexico, or down in Texas, Eagle Pass and El Paso. But uh, again, overnight they lost a little enthusiasm. March corn this morning down a penny at 4.79. The oats at 3.70. Wheat for March down six at 6.30, and soybeans down two at 13.17. March meal down a dollar thirty, three hundred ninety-four dollars and sixty cents a ton. Country elevator prices: so, uh, Elevator and Loyal corn 4.04, beans 12.27, and Arcadia 4.14 on the corn, 12.37 on the beans at uh, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville. Corn, 404, the beans at 1240. On the DTN screen at Golden Plump, corn is 429 a bushel today. At Elmwood and Baldwin, 409 on the corn, 1226 on the soybeans. Duran's corn is 404, their soybeans, 1216. Mondovi's corn is 404, their beans at 1221. Fall Creek, the corn is at 399, beans 1216. Osseo, 414 on the corn, 1226 on the beans. In Elk Mound, corn caches at 409 today, beans 1236. Sparta, 413 and 1212. Ellsworth, corn is 394, beans 1221. Ethanol plants today, Boyceville, corn 426. Stanley, 424. New Richmond grain facility at 419. Barrel cheese, three and a quarter cents higher, 142 and a half. Blocks unchanged at 139, so that price relationship inverted today. Butter up a quarter of a cent, 254 and a quarter. December class three up one at 1610. January up 11, 1554. February up 13 at 1573. March up nine at 1636. April up one at 1722. 31 degrees right now. Starting to clear, as Jerry Fitzgerald said, it's uh, clearing out. You can see the moon out there, and it will be clearing as the day goes along today, and it should be a very pleasant 38 degrees. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at waxradio.com.